When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey traders, my name is Akil Stokes. I'm a Forex trader and trading coach over at tier1trading.com and welcome to the Trading Coach Podcast. In today's episode, we're gonna do something a little bit different. I'm gonna share with you some live recorded footage from one of my trading rooms and a discussion that we had on the pros and cons of trading just a single strategy. We're also gonna talk a little bit about trading psychology and managing emotions and all of the fun stuff that you need in order to be a consistently profitable trader. Now the recording gets a little bit long, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna break it up into two sections, but I think you guys will enjoy it. As always, if you do, let me know by leaving me a review on iTunes and sharing this on social media. All right, so if, you, if, if you're only trading a single strategy, and we've been working with the Cypher for this example, right? If you're only trading a single strategy, because you don't have a lot of time to worry about other things, right? You have more opportunity to work on this. So you have more time to go back to the lab and test it and say, you know what, Akil? Traditional targets are at the 3D2 and the 618. But if I start taking first targets at the 50%, and second targets at the 786, that's actually more profitable, right? So trading a single strategy gives you more time to work on the finer details of that strategy. And you can do this even if you're trading a million strategies, but again, if you have only one thing to concentrate on, right? If you have only one thing to concentrate on, you can start maximizing this, and then you can even, as Tony mentioned, you may even be able to start maximizing it per pair. So you can be a lot more detailed in what you do. Say for the pound, uh, the dollar yen example, Tony says that the dollar yen loves the 50% retracement. So maybe Tony finds that, and this is just an example, guys, that on the cipher formation on the dollar yen, it's more profitable to take target one at the 50% versus the 3D2. But maybe you have another pair like the Aussie Canada. And maybe that pair, it's more profitable to take both targets at the 382 and not even put a second target on, right? Now you can start getting detail for each specific pair in your portfolio and how you want to maximize those profits, right? Jason Greystone said this, uh, I think it was in, a, in a, a podcast interview once. He said, your pairs are like your employees. Anybody a business owner here? For anybody who work in an office with lots of other employees, right? A good manager does what? Does a good manager treat everyone the same? No. A good manager knows his or her employees and he knows how to motivate them. He knows that John over there may get motivated by tough talk where you can go up to John and be like, hey, John, I need those TPS reports by three o'clock. Get them on the desk. 
And that may fire John up. John may be like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. On the other hand, you may have Malcolm, who if you treat him like that, he's going to crumble. If you give Malcolm a hard deadline, he's going to crumble. So you may have to talk to Malcolm and say, okay, Malcolm, here, look. So this is what we need by the day. You know, take your time. Make sure you do it the right way. I'd love to have it by 3 p.m. If you can't reach that deadline, that's fine. But, you know, it'd be awesome if you can get it by then. All right. And then, of course, like you tell Malcolm that they're due an hour before they're actually due just to give them that time so you don't get in trouble. But you treat all your employees different because we're all different as people. And your pairs are the same way. Your pairs are going to have personalities. Some pairs are going to be very trendy. Dollar Canada. Some pairs are going to consolidate a lot. Aussie Canada. You may notice the small differences in how targets are achieved. And if you can maximize that, you're becoming more efficient in your trading. Now, if you're trading, I always, you know, I always get the question of, of should you do that? If you're trading a million strategies, it's probably going to make your life more complicated to do that. Right. With the amount of strategies I trade and obviously the teaching that I do, there's no way that I'm, I'm going to I'm going to have specific rules for each specific pair that I trade for each specific technique that I trade. Because I know that what I'm not going to be able to follow it. I don't have the time. With everything I'm doing, I don't have the time to, to remember that, oh, dollar yen supposed to take 50 percent retracement. Oh, but Aussie Canada supposed to take 382. So I don't do it. I go for a universal approach, but that's because I trade a lot of strategies. But for someone who's locked into trading one thing and their full focus on is on one thing. Do you think it's too difficult to really customize how they trade that one thing per pair? Yes or no? Probably a little bit easier to manage, right? So these are these are some of the benefits of trading a single strategy. Can can anyone think of any more benefits? Maybe from personal experience. The benefits from doing that is yeah, you you maximize each pair. You maximize each pair. So you're, you're able to, I know you like the, the cow example, you're able to squeeze as much milk out of that cow as possible. Matthias says you build your RES as well. Yeah, it's a lot easier to trade when you're looking for one single thing. You will get locked in on that. Now, of course, of course, what do I always say about trading? There are pros and there are also what? Cons. So for you guys thinking that there's one great way to do it and everything's going to be unicorns and rainbows and lollipops raining out of the sky, guess what? There's always a give and a take. What would be the negative of, of trading a single strategy only. I 
I got you all pumped up. Now I'm going to knock you down back to reality. Hit you with the reality two by four. Wow. So I see limited opportunities slash less opportunities. So because you're only looking for one thing, that one thing is not going to occur as frequent. All right. For you guys that have started your back testing already, you know that opportunities probably occur a lot less often than you once believed. Many of you guys thought you were going to get hundreds of trades a year and you realize that you've done five years of back testing and have gotten 60 trades total on a pair. I see missing out on other opportunities. True. Psychologically, you're going to watch, you're going to look at some big moves. You're going to be like, man, can't involve myself in that. And you may start having psychological breakdowns where like you start seeing it over and over again and you want to involve yourself in it, but you know you can't. Fear of missing out, less dynamic. Quality over quantity. And yeah, and there, there's there's a way to, there's a, there's a way to, I mean, you can kind of hedge less opportunities by trading more pairs. The one thing that you're boring. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if you get good at trading, it's going to be boring no matter what. So boring would actually be a positive. You know, when you're, when you're trading good, it's boring. You'll, many of you don't know what I mean now. You will once you get good. You become so systematic. Yeah. Yeah. Trading is boring because, you know, you no longer get excited, right? The exciting part comes from like the gambling aspect. Or I should say, the, yeah, the exciting part comes from the gambling aspect where you enter your first trade and you're like, oh, ooh, I wonder if this is going to win or lose. And your heart's all thumping and you're sweating and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're moving in my direction. Oh, no, we're moving against me. You know, it's like, you know, you're playing roulette and that wheel is spinning. You're watching that ball bounce. You're like, oh, black, red, black, red, black, red, black, red, black, red. Right. That's the emotional aspect. Um when you become a systematic trader, it's, you know, you no longer, let's put it this way. You no longer care about any given trade. I can care less. I'm sure Jason Grace can tell you the same thing. That's why you see us so robotic in the live rooms. I can care less about a single trade because a single trade means absolutely nothing. Now, don't get me wrong, right? There, you know, it, it, pride wise, pride wise, there are still some, some, Pride-wise, you still get a little bit of a good feeling. Like if you do a good CTS trade or a good trend continuation trade and, and you nail it, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm good. You get that feeling. But as far as like a monetary, like the, the result base, it, it just doesn't matter. Who cares? Right? Who, I mean, with the amount of trades I take during a year, one trade really doesn't make a difference. I'm assuming I'm using, I'm not doing anything stupid with money management. I'm not risking the farm on a single trade. But... We also know it's process over outcome, right? Where, you know, my job is to, you know, whether this trade loses or wins, my job is to take the next good trade no matter what. So I'm just here doing my job. And I know that if I consistently do my job, I'll make profit. So I already know the outcome. I say that in the most humble way possible. I already know the outcome of my trading year. I know that I'm going to be profitable this year. Maybe I shouldn't say I know because you never know what can happen, but I'm highly confident that I'll make profit by the end of the year. As long as I do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm very confident in my ability to do what I'm supposed to do. So I know the outcome. 
So it's kind of like we're playing the game where we already know the result. So therefore, it's not, you don't get as, you know, it's, again, imagine yourself watching a sporting match on TV where you're, you know, the, the match happened yesterday, but you weren't around to see it. So you're watching it today and you already know what team won, but you're watching it. And like, there's still little like, you know, interesting moments like, oh, they scored. Oh, this team scored. But at the end, but deep inside, you know what team won. So it's not as exciting. Does that make sense? You already know the outcome. Now you're just, you're just watching the story unfold. That's how trading is for me. I already know I'm going to be profitable. And again, I mean that in the most humblest way possible. I don't know how it's going to happen because I haven't seen the game. You know, last year, again, I started off with a 17% drawdown last year. I got slapped in the face for six straight weeks. And then I won for like 10 straight months. The year before that, I started off really good. And then I lost like for five straight months in the summer. I didn't lose, but just went sideways. So you never know, you don't know how the story will unfold, but I do know what the end of the story says. The end of the story says I will be in profit. I don't know by how much, but I will be in profit. I'm very confident in that. In the most humblest way possible. I don't want the markets thinking that I'm outsmarting them. I don't want that bad mojo. Um, so yeah, for, so we're, we're very unemotional about it. But one of the, one of the negatives, and I kind of lost track here, um, it's like you really feel it. Or let me let me let's 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 follow up on this a little bit actually, because I think that was surprising for a lot of you guys. Um, I guess performance over time, but again, do, 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 do. I should be an actor. How long did it take? It it took me. I I always say this. After you learn how to trade. So after you you go through your process of learning how to trade, you start working on your strategy and you kind of like dial down, you know, exactly what you want to trade and, and you know, you're, you're ready to actually go after it with live money. I still I still say it takes about two years. It takes about two years to really find your groove after you learn how to trade, because you, you may know you, you may learn how to trade, but then you have to deal with the harsh reality of actually trading. And it's very similar to. The difference between learning how to drive a car in the empty parking lot at six o'clock in the morning or riding on the streets early in the morning when no cars are out there and you're going kind of slow. It's the difference between learning how to drive a car, getting your license and actually driving on the street with the crazies. Right. Because, you know, there's a big difference in that empty parking lot. It's it's all good when you're out driving six o'clock in the morning and there's no one on the street. Right. It's all easy. When you get on the highway and there's that crazy dude swerving in and out or the person that doesn't signal, it's a different story. But eventually you become comfortable with it. The markets are the same way. You may have done all the work necessary, but there's nothing like live trading. Live trading is an entirely different beast, mainly because of the emotional attachment that we have to money. This is why so many people, including myself, were demo account kings and, and, and live trading jokers. Because you don't want to underestimate the power of that emotional attachment to money. It is, it is probably, I mean, in general, money, money, politics, religion, those are, those are always the three hot topic buttons in life. Money is a very strong pull. For many of you, it's very easy to do everything you're supposed to do and follow your plan 100% while you're in demo mode. But what happens when that money's on the line? Does it feel the same way? 
or do you start feeling these these extra little pulls at you? Yeah, most of you are. It's a little bit different. I'm sitting in a pound yen, a dollar yen trade right now, with my stop loss still in the negative. I'm up about 75 pips right now in this trade, and guess what I can still do? I can still lose money, and I'm only halfway to targets. How easy do you think it is for me to say, you know what, uh, I'm just going to take my 75 pips, it's been a week. I did trail it. I am trailing it, Ivan. You saw the video. I am trailing it. How easy do you think it is for me to say, eh, you know what, guys? 75 pips, right? You guys would consider that a pretty, a pretty big win, right? How frustrating do you think it is for you guys to see the market come all the way down here and then start to put in a bullish day? And you start thinking, oh, no, what if it comes back up? What if it comes back up? I could still lose 80, 30 pips on here. Very easy to do that. And that, those are the small mistakes that will kill traders. So it takes about two years to kind of build confidence in yourself, build confidence in your system and get in your groove. That first year is probably going to be filled with mistakes. Hopefully you evaluate yourself and that second year you work on on correcting those mistakes. And then as you correct those mistakes, you're going to start to notice that your bank account's going to get larger and larger. And then that's when you really start to gain confidence where it's like, okay, I really kind of found myself. So I always say about two years. And obviously it's going to be, you know, some people longer, some people shorter, depending on how good you are at, at correcting yourself. But usually about two years till you find your groove. And then once you find your groove, you kind of realize where you're at as a trader. And it gets kind of boring because you kind of, again, you kind of, you, you know what your system produces. You know what your abilities are. It doesn't change too often. I mean, market conditions change, but you, you don't, it doesn't deviate too much. You're not going to have a 100% year one year and then have a 20% the other year. I hope not. You're probably going to be in the same range. And your job is simple. It's, it's, you go to work and do your job. It's no different from working at a company, right? If you're on salary... Guess what? You know what your paycheck is every two weeks. Doesn't really change, does it? Maybe you get a bonus here. Maybe you get a bonus there. Maybe the new tax plan gives you a little bit extra in your pocket. But you pretty much know what your salary is. You just go in and do your job. It's not as, not as exciting as, a, as, a, as someone working uh, hourly. I remember I used to work hourly and I used to get those days or those weeks where I get like 10 hours of overtime. I'm like, can't wait to see the check. Ooh, can't wait to see the check. Then I got a job and I was on salary. And I was like, okay, yeah, every two weeks, just come on in. So it's not a bad thing. All right. But the negative side, going back to the subject, the original subject, the negative side, many of you guys mentioned this, of trading a single strategy, is the lack of diversification. And this is something that I personally experienced. I used to... I used to fall victim back when I was a pattern-only trader. I, I started off trading patterns only. When I say started off, of course, I mean after years of failing, doing other stuff. But when I restarted finally, like the last time I started over and I didn't like fail, I started off as a pattern-only trader. <laughs> I never know how to word that, guys. 
because like I started a long time ago, but then like each time I fail, I'm kind of like, ah, I didn't really start. And then I fail again. I'm like, ah, this, this doesn't really count as my start. This is the restart. I never know how to word that. So the most recent time I started, I guess, I was a pattern only trader. And I consistently got hammered in the month of September. Now, who knows if you've listened to all my interviews, right? You should know this. But who knows what typically happens in the month of September? The Stokes Army should know, right? Where's my Stokes Army tribe? That follow every single thing I say. Let me hear your battle cry. <sighs> All right. September is typically a trendy month. Now, we, it wasn't necessarily like this this past year. But September is typically a, a trendy month. There's a saying in the market that says sell in May and go away. And basically what that means is your 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 big professional traders, right? Your your Wall Streeters, right? They in May take a summer vacation, right? They go reap the benefits of all the hard work that they put in from January to May. And they go party in the Hamptons and they get away from the market, they spend time with family, all the stuff that you should do, right? And that is what helps cause the summer slowdown, right? You guys have noticed in the summer, the volatility usually gets a little bit slower. Again, this past summer wasn't too bad, probably because of all the stuff we had going on in the world. Um, but typically, the summer just kind of slows down and gets kind of dull. It's not a very, I don't want to say it's not a very good time to trade. You can be very profitable. I had a very profitable summer this this year. I know Jason Graceland did as well. We, we destroyed the summer. Um, but it's different. It's just a little bit slower, typically. And... In September is when, uh, as Tony says, those fat cats, right, they come back into the markets. And I compare it to this. I compare it to being a kid, right? You're a kid at home and your parents go on vacation for a few months or let's say the weekend, right? And they leave you at home. They say, Akil, Gabrielle, the house is yours. All right? Don't mess anything up. And of course, you know what we do. <laughs> you know, party, right? So we party, we party a little bit as we should. And, you know, it's like Sunday night, parents are coming home Monday and we scramble to get everything back in place. So no one knows. And we try to put everything back where we thought it was, but you know, we partied pretty hard. So maybe we forgot. So what happens is the parents come home and they notice that things aren't necessarily where they should be. And again, this is a comparison to the market, right? The market has ebbed and flowed in different places and they come home and they're like, ah, well, this shouldn't be here. Why is the euro dollar valued at this? I don't think it should be valued there. Yeah, Project X, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about that movie the other day. Um, it's a horrible movie. Do not watch that with your kids. Um, so they come back in September, right? They get back to business in September and they start really pushing the market to where they think it should be valued at. So think about it like they start, you know, whatever you messed up in the house, the parents come back and they start cleaning up and rearranging it to where it should be. And typically because of that, you see a lot of directional movement, right? So if, if the market values the, the, the dollar yen down here at 105, right? You start seeing a big directional move to 105 because that's where the market, that's where the, the value price is at. And that causes a lot of trendy movement. You guys with me? 
Now, when the market, or I should say this, if you are a advanced pattern trader, are trending markets typically good or bad for you? Yeah. Trending markets are like a sheep. They're bad. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Tony's the only one. <laughs> All right, maybe I won't be a comic. So yeah, so typically I used to get destroyed. Um, typically I used to get destroyed in September because the markets, the markets were incredibly trendy. And I was an advanced pattern only trader and the markets would trend and, and really destroy me. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing because you still have what you still have. The markets only trend about 30 percent of the time. They consolidate about 70 percent of the time. Um, so, you know, you're going to have plenty of months out there where patterns are killing it. But that particular month would consistently get me destroyed. So what I decided to do was I, I decided to start implementing um a trend continuation strategy into my trading so I can also take advantage of those opportunities. Right. Does that make sense? So it, it introduced some kind of some type of diversi uh, diversification to my portfolio. Now I have advanced pattern formations, which can take advantage of um, periods of consolidation. I've got a trend continuation strategy that can take advantage of periods of trendy markets. So there are some benefits of diversify. Now, of course, it, it, it's foolish to think. Don't, don't think that means that you're going to catch every single trend continuation trade and every single advanced pattern trade, but it is going to even stuff out. So when the markets are trendy, right, my advanced pattern trading may be down. My trend continuation trading will be up. If I'm trading the right way and managing my risk reward, right, my wins are going to outweigh my losses. So I'm still going to be profitable. Vice versa, when the market's in consolidation, my trend continuation uh, strategy is probably going to not do so well. But my advanced pattern formations will. So I'm kind of hedging myself in the market. And if you hedge, and the key of hedging yourself, not to get into a big thing about hedging, but it's all about risk reward. You make more than you lose, right? So... It doesn't necessarily mean that you catch all trend continuation trades, you catch all counter trend trades, you have this awesome equity curve that moves from bottom left to top right right away. But it means that there's a slow trickle in the right direction and you minimize your drawdowns. And that's the key, right? Instead of having a, a month like September where you catch a 10% drawdown because you just completely get destroyed, maybe you turn that 10% drawdown into a, a, a plus 2% return for the month. So it's not sexy, but you're moving in the right direction and you minimize those drawdowns. And when you can minimize those drawdowns, right, you give yourself a greater chance at reaching your next position sizing level, which allows you to trade more. And when you can trade more, you can make more. And when you can make more, you're probably more happy. So that's that's the negative side of trading one strategy. There's, there's not that you don't have that diversification. So your equity curve swings are probably going to be more, a little bit more violent. Your swings up, your extensions are going to be probably bigger. But your swing downs, right, your retracements are going to be bigger as well. So a lot of it depends on, hey, are you okay having a little bit more violent swings in the market or if your equity curve? Or do you want to kind of a slow, steady ebb and flow up? 
And there's no wrong or right answer to it, guys.